New Heart Healthy Beyond Steak is made with clean ingredients. Now steak is good for you. Steak tacos are good for me? The plant-based Beyond Steak is, sure. So everything is good for me? Um, what? Not wearing a helmet is good for me? <laughs> no, just Beyond Steak. Performing my own spinal surgery is good for me! <laughs> Definitely not. New Heart Healthy Beyond Steak. This changes everything about steak. Find Beyond Steak in the Frozen Isle. It's time for counterculture. Are you tired of how divided our world has become? We desperately need stories of peace and healing. We find the bridge builders across the globe who are stepping into the divides of culture and bringing understanding, compassion, and reconciliation. And now, here's your hosts, Jonathan Sanborn and Lisa Jernigan. And hello, I'm Jonathan. And I'm Lisa. Well, how are you, Lisa? You know I'm doing great today. Yeah? How about you? I get, I'm doing great. Spring of my step. I'm happy to be here. I am I so get, happy. And I'm caffeinated. You're caffeinated. <laughs> <laughs> you did the caffeine. I did the bagel. But I also have my social energy because I have a friend with me. My friend Jay Corey's here with us. Hi, Jay. Hey. So to be here. Glad you could join us. Uh, delighted. <laughs> so I'm caffeinated as well. You can't see this on radio, but he's grooving to the music, which is a good That's sign. It. Oh, he's he's feeling the chill mm, and the groove. It. So, no, this is a treat. So counterculture, we, we step, we, we want to be, say, how can we do life differently? Exactly. Our world is incredibly divided and we need to find and highlight the people who are bringing, breaking down the divisions bringing different conversations, and really doing the hard work of compassion building and peacemaking. And so Jay, a friend of mine, and we've known, what, five, maybe seven years? Uh, it's been, it's been a while. Five, yeah, at least know, five, say, yeah. Closer to seven, probably. Yeah, and Jay, and we've been in the same men's group, and I was like, this guy is a stud. This mm. guy's done, has done a lot of stuff. And I say that in a, <laughs> a Christian sense. <laughs> you. <laughs> My wife will listen. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, Jay. Jay's has, has has been thirty years as a CEO and uh, with a uh, number of different Christ-centered rescue and recovery ministries, including recently the Phoenix Rescue Mission. Uh, and he came out of Atlanta. He's got a great story. I've, I've, and, and some I, I hear little snippets every once in a while of things that he did in his past. But he comes. He's his own journey has allowed him has as so often has shaped what he's able to do now. Because he lived in, he's gone through it himself, and so, I mean, he has a massive, um, you know, all these amazing conferences, you know, appointed by the Arizona governor and different commissions, vision, M- MBA. I mean, the guy's—he's a practitioner. He's—he's he's he's a doer. He's—he's he's done it. He's lived it. Get her done. Get her done. Exactly. <laughs> and so, and and now he's the CEO of Alongside Ministries. And so, I don't know if I've told you this, but I was a pastor. At different times in my life, and so I, re- I remember it was about 15 years ago. I was getting ready to teach on a passage about walking with the poor, helping the poor, and I felt like at that particular time I was so isolated mm. about what I uh, like. My world had become, you know, I was just around people, my my socioeconomic status, and all this stuff. And so I called up a friend that I knew who worked in interstate ministry, and I said, I need to be more real. And understand if I'm going to be teaching on this. And she said, go visit Alongside Ministries. 
Kit Danley told me to do that. And so 15 years ago, I just got I got on a bus and made my way to Alongside Ministries and took a tour of the campus, and I followed and loved that ministry ever since. Mm-hmm. And so sure enough, my friend Jay, rec- rec- this year, I guess, was you became the head? Uh, I'm in my 12th week or something. 12th like week. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah. Congratulations. Just this, yeah. Just this summer. I mean, has stepped into this role. And like, I'm like, what a great convergence, because mm-hmm. I just love and believe in the ministry for so long. Had some pastors who were mentors in it. And and uh, so this is really a treat to see. And so I, we want to hear all about Alongside Ministries, what it is. Want Just tell us about it. I think uh, we, alongside ministries, we're frankly Christian. So, yeah. you know, we are a Christian discipleship ministry. Uh, we provide, uh, we introduce inmates, uh, the incarcerated, both in prison and jail. The jails are closed right now, so, but we're back into the prisons. Um, we provide uh, the, the, those that are incarcerated with the opportunity to know Christ mm-hmm. and grow in a relationship with Christ and make a successful transition from incarceration to thrive in independent living on the outside. So that's that's a bold goal because the the opposite is almost always the case mm-hmm. because we what recidivism like yep. if people get out of prison they just end up back in prison like how 67% 67% that's really at a national but I mean it's state is six, roughly 67% of those who get out of prison end up right. returning. That's with, incredible. With us, uh, if they complete our program, uh, which, by the way, our program is on the inside and outside, yeah. uh, then we're at, I think, 93%, 92. Wow. Uh get out, stay out. So what I love about that is yeah. you guys are really, like you said, it's, you're going in. Yes. And meeting them inside so it's inside, outside, and mm-hmm. it just doesn't stop at the, at the line when they come out. But transitioning them out right. into culture and different culture again. Right. Yeah, I, I think, it, you know, in my world of uh, – I've, I've been providing Christ-centered rescue and recovery ministry for over 30 years and working primarily in rescue missions field and a time with the Drug Abuse Foundation. But uh, it's you know, residential recovery, residential shelters. and uh, But people that are coming out of prison and jail often walk out the door with no plan, mm-hmm. fall flat on their face, go quickly back into their old ways and end up back in. Mm-hmm. And I always said, when I grow up, <laughs> uh, one day, you know, perhaps we can develop a, because we were inundated with people. So mm-hmm. uh, they were coming to us. I, I said, one day when uh, I have the opportunity, I'd like to uh, build a program that actually provides services on the inside so that you can really get a good momentum, build a strong relationship. And then help them tra- and prepare a reentry plan, mm-hmm. and then help them in the transition out. And that's exactly what Alongside yeah. does. I think um, the uniqueness of us is we are Christian and it is discipleship. But uh, when they sign up for our program in the inside, and we're, we've got groups tonight, we've thirty something people going out uh, to different prisons, wow. and um, so we will actually do Bible studies. We'll do chapel services. And that's a way to introduce them to Christ, but also introduce them to alongside ministries. Those who choose to sign up for a program will continue to participate in our discipleship groups, but also they will be assigned a one-on-one mentor mm. uh, up to uh, a year before they get out. So that that's kind of the backbone, that relational backbone, mm. yeah. uh, that lifeline. And the mentor picks them up on their day of release from prison 
takes them to usually a big old buffet breakfast or something like that. Right. Some they never had. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Helps them get a change of clothes pretty quick uh, and then brings them to our, our discipleship. That day must be so amazing. It is. I can't imagine. Like, I, get I can't a mo- remember yeah. stepping into freedom. I can't imagine. And then yeah. what do I do with my freedom? But have somebody welcome you and walking with you yep. into that new journey. I have witnessed three of those so far in my short time. And there's actually, actually there was one that took place Saturday. I did not witness that personally. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, they're just beaming. I mean, they're like, and you could just see without that. How far would they go? Mm-hmm. You know, right. but mm-hmm. the, it's like they're moving into their family that, the, and that family has already been established, right? Uh, so it removes or lessens that trauma because that's yeah. huge trauma getting out. So if and if you imagine, like, if they went into prison, that's probably severed and destroyed so many of their relationships. Exactly, and for better or worse, sometimes through fault of their own, sometimes through not no fault of their own, those just. There's nothing to go back to without – but then you come in or, I mean, alongside comes in alongside right. this prisoner and says we want to walk with them starting there. And that that to me was like part of the genius model of it mm-hmm. is that – because as, as I've seen, like it's that key relationships because if you're disconnected from people mm-hmm. – you're not going to generally do the right thing after for long periods of time. Right. Well, and you also have somebody that says, I believe in you. Mm-hmm. Like, right. I, I don't see you as a prisoner. You are in prison, but that's not your identity. I see you as this person, and I, I want to walk with you into that and who you're becoming. I think that's huge, like identity, like helping them switch their identity. Absolutely. Shows value. You are valued, and frankly, because they are. I mean, how, what is the value that God places on their lives? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're ambassadors of Christ. So, you know, we are proxy <laughs> for mm-hmm. Jesus mm-hmm. in the sense that we're loving on them and showing them that they care, but also holding them accountable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, they need that. They need that support. They need that guidance. They need that accountability. They need that direction. Mm. Well, you know what I, what I think is a lot of times we, we challenge, even in the work that I do, is, you know, who are the invisible, the marginalized in our, in our society that we're, we don't understand and we label and we kind of ostracize? Mm-hmm. And I think even um, people in prison, uh, we go, well, they're bad people. And they deserve to be there. That's a lot. Of, that's at the mm-hmm. very high level, right? So you, it's easy to dismiss them and not see them, see them as invisible. But what if we look at their humanity and go, there's reasons in their, their life experience, what they, you know, sometimes the cards, the hand they're dealt, right, wasn't really great. And this led to this trajectory. And how do we come in and help change that, not see them in that place forever, but go, these they made decisions or decisions happened or um, but how do we see them as human beings that can thrive and really change how we see people in prison? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I mean, we've had pe- we got people coming into our program that were been in prison for thirty years. Oh my gosh! Mm. I mean, that's that, and we buy them as soon as they get out. Now, please hear the fullness of this: a cell phone. Uh, as soon as they get out, we give them a cell phone. I mean, they, that doesn't mean they can take it and go everywhere and do all that. But we actually, they're so far beyond in technology. You know, they I mean, the world has changed and it's really mm-hmm. a cultural shock as as, as 30 years of technology. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, but, you know, I wouldn't I don't really know what the average is, but I'm going to go find out. Right. Uh, but, you know, I'm seven years, 30 years. I know that uh, last week, uh, you know, I was in Perryville with the ladies uh, in one of the yards and, uh, uh, you know, it's it runs the gamut. 
You know, I mean, mm-hmm. there's some that are already participating in our groups that won't get released for another three years, but they're already in our program on wow. the inside. Yeah. Well, it gives them hope. Yep. Right? It gives them something yep. to, to, like, and looking forward to somebody coming and, and spending time with them and investing with them. Let me, let me ask you a question. So when you go into and you, you're talking to somebody, like inviting them into the program or mm-hmm. you're offering, do you get resistance from people that are really skeptical, skeptical of, like, Oh, well, we provide the Bible in. studies. We provide the chapels, right? And that's free. I mean, in essence, they don't have to. It's not required for them to attend. The chaplain is making that opportunity available to it. And thank you, Corrections, for allowing mm. us to be there. Mm-hmm. So some people, they'll come and taste it. Uh, they will. Some, Yeah, sure. Just like anybody else, there'll be some skepticism. But frankly, the greatest evangelists are the people that are already in our program mm-hmm. in that yard. Mm. I mean, they're sharing Christ. They're 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 witnessing to their brothers or and or sisters in in um, the institution, and uh, so usually the ones that are showed up, or you know, they've already heard a lot more than we can provide mm-hmm. them in the hour hour and a half that we have. Uh, and then back to uh, you know making mistakes. I mean, some of them. I mean, to hear some of these stories, it was one bad decision mm-hmm. that was tragic. Mm-hmm. Years ago, uh, so much of it is addiction related. Mm-hmm. You know, I, again from the rescue mission world, uh, you know, to me, I would say seventy-five, eighty percent of the issue really is we've got an addicted society. Mm-hmm. Yep, I sure. mean, and that causes homelessness, it causes crime, it causes all that. And then, Jonathan, as you and I know, that goes back to the foster system. Yep, yep. So it's it's. Uh, traumatized, unhealthy people that grew up without good guidance and direction, not 100% of the time. But, I mean, you could say that's a large slice yeah. of the pie because it's very predictable, their pathway. And, frankly, I'm, I'm working with the same population I've been working with. It's just I'm getting them at a different time than mm-hmm. I used to get them. Mm-hmm. That that's so sense? true. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, have, yeah. are, the, are the prisons themselves seeing a changing in the culture with people coming, like even the violence you know, reducing violence in, in prisons, um, just from people, more more people coming and in, in, in believing in Jesus and talking about that? Um, I, I don't know. Um, I, I would say that as a result of, of the people that are, in, you know, seeking the Lord, and, you know, uh, certainly there is a very strong difference between a normal mm-hmm. inmate right. and sure. them because they're, they're trying to walk the walk. I will tell you. You would be amazed at some of the people, uh, frankly, a lot of the people that show up, they're hungry, they're thirsty, because they don't get to go decide whether they're going to go to church on Sunday, da-da-da. I mean, we are. I mean, they're grabbing everything they can possibly grab, and they are a great Mm -hmm. church themselves inside. Wow. Mm, That's beautiful. I I love that. Their Mm. commitment level, I would say, is – much stronger than you would find if just going to a church on Sunday and sitting around right. and the people in the pews in front of around you. I, I would I would say the commitment level of these people is higher. You, my my pastor was is I, has served as mentor with alongside for a number of years, and he he brought back a letter that hit the guy he was mentoring, and he read it to the church, and there was so much theology and like well read understanding of scripture in this. So like this guy, and realize, he, he goes like, this guy is reading more than I am about theology, the things of God, and growing in his faith at such a, and so 
we and we and we when we read the he read the words coming out of his mouth and his off his pen it was like this is wow you have a captive audience of someone who's at the the has truly lived out the gospel they see how broken they are and they've repented and they've come to Christ and then they're available or not with all the to live it out i mean to incredible and, and our guys and gals on the outside when you know i mean they it's amazing. We're having an, uh, our, my first alumni gathering yeah. this Thursday night to see, you know, what is it, what is our alumni association going to look like? They're out on the street. They're sharing the gospel. Mm-hmm. They're 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 feeding homeless. They're engaged in ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm amazed because I have there are two of our graduates in our graduate housing that actually they, 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 their marriage is gone, but they have one of them has his son. And one of them has his daughter. So basically, there's fathers that are stepping up wow. and being the mm. parents. And you don't see that, you know. So, I mean, that's – matter of fact, I just wrote an article, which will be in our next newsletter, about one of those. Okay. Uh, with his nine-year-old daughter. It's an amazing story. Mm. Well, and I, th- those stories are so hope-filled for us because a lot of times we label people that certain people can't be changed. Yeah. And – Gosh, God can do anything, and how He gets a hold of a heart, and and redemption happens, and it's a beautiful thing to be able to experience and watch God change a heart and change a life, and also change a generation. Because these fathers now with their kids, they're going to change the trajectory of their kids' lives that was different from their own. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's talk about like this this idea, like the idea that once you're a prisoner, you get this label. I know how our society treats, you know, on that employment. Do you have a felony? And if you check that box, you're kind of doomed um, from in many contexts that if you have that. But as Christians, we should have a different view of someone who's come out of and has come to Christ and has come out of the prison and how we view them, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, but, but let me first speak for them uh, in, in that I have not yet met one who was in denial Mm-hmm. Or played down or minimized what they had done. They were they f- had full ownership of what the, the mistakes that they made right. and true repentance. So uh, you know it's not like um, again working with an addiction population. A lot of times you get a surface level story, and with, uh, these there, there's a commitment level here, right? Um, and um, so I, I, I don't know. I mean, I believe that. Uh, society has gotten better in, in at least one area, and I don't know if it's just a supply and demand issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you don't, you're not going to have a labor force if you rule out all the incarcerated and you rule, rule out everybody that's had an addiction problem. So I think society has been become more responsive. Okay. Good. To and laws have changed and whatever, and there's incentives for hiring, giving the incarcerated an opportunity. But yes, the body of Christ, and frankly, I would say they are. The body of Christ is is should be the first to step up. But again, uh, you know, you're also accountable for your business. You're also accountable for your company, mm-hmm. and you want to give people an opportunity, just like anybody else, and love on them and help them. But uh, there is that accountability. There is the expectation of performance. There's the expectation of being on time and you know producing like sure. you should. Right. Mm. Well, it you know, I, like you said, there's a lot of labels that are put on people that have 
have spent time and are incarcerated. What are some of the things you would challenge us with of, of things we can do? Maybe we're not going to come al- do alongside ministry, but how do we even tell a different narrative about what's happening in our system and be a part of even advocacy? Because we, we, we're quick, like there's a lot in the legal system mm-hmm. that we could learn about even too, right, to help people. What are some things that you have discovered that you think people don't realize and don't understand? Well, I think that they can get involved in this type of ministry. And frankly, I would say that just probably every everybody that runs a ministry would say the same thing is uh, we need volunteers. We need help. You know, I mean, I think there are so many people out there that say, well, thank God for what you're doing. But we need mentors. Mm-hmm. And you can actually and we do we provide training. We provide the equipping. Mm-hmm. If you provide the time and the commitment level, we will train you. We will assign you to a mentor. We will help you get badged. We will transport you on the van. I mean, you know, we need uh, volunteers on both the inside and outside. And by the way, you don't have to go inside. Well, I don't know if I – well, we need – you know, they, they do come out. We have life skill classes. We have Bible studies, uh, me, cooking meals, doing events. So there is all kind of ways for the body of Christ to get involved mm-hmm. uh, with prison ministries, including alongside ministries. Mm-hmm. I would say go to our website, um, www.asmaz.com, mm-hmm. asmaz.com, and, and you can read all about that. And I would just say prayer works. Prayer is important. Consider volunteering. Volunteer somewhere. Mm-hmm. Get in the game. Uh, yeah. To me, I think I keep saying we're. It's almost like we're at the fourth quarter, two minute warning. You know, it's time to step up, church. And I think that the the there you find your place of service. Your life will be transformed. Mm-hmm. I have never met somebody that didn't get involved in volunteering somewhere, using their giftedness that it just didn't totally transform their mm-hmm. life. We could also use uh, financial resources. You mm-hmm. know, obviously. Not every church can create their own prison ministry, though if a church desires to, we'll help them. Right. Uh, we don't want a corner on the market on this. We, we want the body of Christ engaged in this. Uh, so, but I would say to anybody, you're, um, you know, and I'd said the same at Phoenix Rescue Mission, Atlanta Mission, everywhere I've been, is take that step. And go explore. You don't have to go into prison to see, but you can go into prison uh, and and pour your life into others. And it's safe, by the yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. Several years ago, I, I did prison ministry in some of the places you talked about mm-hmm. and go, went in with the women. And I got to tell you, it, I learned so much from them. And first of all, like you, I think one of you said, they're broken. They're humble. They've kind of lost everything. So they're like, they're just refreshing. They're open. They're just will share with you because they've already lost. And so they're at a place that a lot of us need to get to be, not inside prison, mm-hmm. but just in our own hearts going, God, where do I need to be broken? And, you know, where do I need to be humble and surrender it all? Mm-hmm. And I learned a lot from just their stories and who they were and um, just coming alongside them. So I gained by just going in and, and getting to know them mm-hmm. and learning from them. We have a lot to learn from them, too. Yes. Yeah. And I, I have the same experience. I mean, it, was a, it was a long time ago, but I, I went in to lead worship for a day-long workshop for a prisoner, like a Bible study day. And I still remember at the end, uh, and we were all in a circle, and everyone could share something. And a guy looked at me, and he goes, you know, Jesus said, when I was there, and you, you visited me when I was in prison. 
And he go and he looked at me straight in the eye and he goes, "You are Jesus to me." Mm. And I'm like, wow. "Oh, that it, as you said, yeah. it's life changing." Mm-hmm. And I, here I'm, 25 years later, I'm still I get emotional just from that experience uh, of what it is when you meet someone who's willing, you're willing to be Jesus to someone, and they and they see that in you. Amen. And you never know. I mean, God knows what He's doing. Yeah, and he will network you, and something that might seem small and insignificant to you at the time is going to transform the world. You mm-hmm. know, um, quick, quick example. I remember when I was just became a Christian, just getting started. I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, was had the opportunity. And this is how God brings you full circle. Had an opportunity to go in with a group of people into a, a prison in Tallahassee, Florida. And I didn't know it at the time, but the people that were part of that group were Pete Maravich, Press Maravich's father, you know, those kind of people that were going into that federal prison to share. And I sat on the bus next to this man, and he prayed for me, and I asked him to tell me a little bit about himself. He was the guy that took Billy Graham to the crusade in Charlotte, North Carolina, where he actually wow. accepted Christ. And, you know, now, did that impact a brand-new Christian? You know, yeah, yeah. it sure did. So. Wow. So, you just so never our, know, right? Yeah, you never know. Mm, it's just kind so, of show up. Like, be, be available, be willing, and, uh, and push yourself a little bit. Alongside Ministries, is it, how do you get – what's the website? ASMAZ.com. A- ASMAZ. Alongside Ministries. Okay. So that people can find out. Get involved, volunteer. The Arizona Arizona Charitable Tax Credit is is available. is available, so it's a great way to give money directly from your taxes to a, a worthy cause. Jay, this has been a great time. Thank you so much, brother. Uh, there's so many cool things coming. Up. So find out more on Alongside Ministries on the on their website, brother. This has been a great conversation. Thank, Thank you for Thank coming you. in, making time. It's good. Thank you for having me. We have a Beyond the Bars meeting this Saturday. If you want to come and see us. 8 to 10 uh, at, uh, at our facility. And that's on our website as well. Okay. Thank you, brother. Thanks. Thank you for listening today. Counterculture is made possible by Amplify Peace. Educating, immersing, training, and launching peacemakers to build united communities. Are you locked into a maintenance agreement with a plumbing or HVAC company that isn't PlumbSmart? Well, I've got some great news for you. My good friend Wayne Decker, the owner of PlumbSmart Plumbing, Heating, and Air, is going to honor another company's maintenance agreement for free so that you can save about 50% off the price of the other guys with PlumbSmart. Wayne knows saving money right now is extremely important, so don't feel obligated to use that maintenance agreement company. Use who I use, PlumbSmart. Go to itsjustplumbsmart.com. That's itsjustplumbsmart.com because plumbers and AC guys charge too much.